Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Right there. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Monday, October the 10th, 2022, and um, we are off and running at our new time, new location. Yeah, 7 o'clock is when we're going to start doing it. Um, if you're on the podcast, it doesn't really matter. It really won't affect you. Uh, but if you're live, yeah, we're doing 7. Doing seven. Um, just going to work a little better with, with my schedule and the things that go on in the morning. So we'll run it at 7. Uh, that well, Good thing about that is it doesn't really affect anybody who comes in later because they can always watch it. So even if you watch it at 7.30, you just watch watch it as a replay. So good morning, Sandy. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Pastor Tim and Jane. Hope everyone's well today and uh, ready for a new week and uh, ready to get into the word and see what the Lord has to say to us today. Uh, if you're on the live uh, feed, you can tell things are a little different. Different little table here, desk, a little different location of the house. Not really far from where I was, maybe 20 feet from where I was. <laughs> But no sign behind me. Friends and family gather here. Um, but um, but I think it's going to work out okay. It's kind of tucked away over here. So. All right. Hope you guys are uh, ready to s- jump in. Hope you had a good weekend. We had a good weekend. Um, it was a beautiful weekend here in Tampa. Gorgeous. Just low humidity still. You know, the ir- irony is after the storm, man, we've had really beautiful weather it's been um really low humidity sunny it's really really nice yeah pastor cody did a great job on the sermon yesterday Uh, we had a worship night friday night that was great Uh, so many talented people when you see them all together for a worship night you're like wow we, we are so blessed to have so many incredibly talented people um lead us in worship so yeah i still have the bridge picture it's in my in my office that's where you know that's where this well it was uh that's kind of where the podcast started was uh in my office so it's still there all right let's do it got y'all you know what we do we read we pray we change the world so let's do it uh, we're in Psalms 25 today, Psalm 25, and uh, then we'll do a reading from C.S. Lewis. That's what we've been doing for the last uh, m- couple of months, uh, just walking through uh, the book of Psalms. We'll probably do something when it gets a little closer to the holidays. We'll do an Advent reading, Advent study, but right now we're just walking through the Psalms, just getting a little uh, little inspiration and insight each day from um, from the book of Psalms. And then we read a, a reading from C.S. Lewis from a book entitled A Year with C.S. Lewis, daily readings from his classical works, and so we'll be doing that, right? Recent readings have been from one of his works entitled The Problem of Pain, talking about suffering and uh, hardship in life, and so, uh, which is kind of a, a very helpful book. Some people, some people think it's one of his best, so, um, 
All right, let's do it. Psalm 25. Y'all ready? You know what we do? We read, we pray. We change the world. In you, Lord, my God, I put my trust. Well, that's a great reminder. Good anchoring for Monday morning. A reminder, a good uh, reminder to, you know, anchor our lives in a trust in the Lord, our God. Um, in a specific, right? It's not just a, I trust in a higher power. Come on now. It's not in it's not in a higher 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 power in a deity above me, in a uh, uh, unforce unseeable force, uh, in a uh, heavenly deity. No, it's what it's the Lord. I am the God that was revealed to Moses, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Jesus. It's in you, Lord Yahweh. It's in you, Yahweh, I, my God, I place my trust. In you, Lord, personal God, revealed through Scripture, that, that God. I place my trust in you. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. Hmm. Oh. Let me not be put to shame. Let me do the right thing. Give me success. Give me favor. Let me be faithful. That's a great, uh, a great prayer um, for uh, for any day, but certainly for the beginning of the week. Let me not be put to shame. No, God, let me not make a fool of myself. <laughs> Come on, anybody need that prayer like daily? Lord, help me not make a complete moron out of myself. Help me not to say things, do things, behave and react in ways that um, that are shameful. Hmm. It's easy to do. Lord, help me not to post things that are shameful. Help me not to respond comment section of other people's posts in a way that's shameful. Come on, you know that's hard to do sometimes. Some people just some, some people need not only to pray that, they need to apply that, right? I've been there. There's been times I've responded to things on the line. I'm like, oh man, I should have done that. I should just let that go. I and then created shame. So the psalm writers, um, Lord, don't don't let me don't let me let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies triumph over me. He said, let me win. Let me have success. Let me do well. You know, there's nothing wrong with praying to do well. You know? You're going to a golf tournament today. I'm not going to win. There's no way I'm going to win. It would, take, it, was, it would take a parting of the Red Sea miracle. Uh, the only hope I have is that we're playing best ball. So I got three other people that can maybe make a good shot. I'm not going to make many good shots. I mean, we may be dead last. But, um, do not, uh, let me, let, let me triumph over my enemies. I ain't got no enemies there, but, you know, it's okay to win. It's okay to want to win, to do well, to succeed. 
No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. Wow. But shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. So a good reminder that no matter what happens, uh, even, you know, we all make mistakes. We all do things that, man, that was not smart. That was not the, my best foot forward there. That was maybe shameful or embarrassing. But the good news is, the psalm writer is reminding us, no one ultimately, no one who puts their hope in the Lord will ultimately put, be put to shame. No matter how many times we step in it here <laughs> on this earth, if, we, if our hope is ultimately in the, the Lord, we will not be put to shame. What's he talking about? He's saying the Lord will be will prove true. We won't be we won't ultimately when we when this is all said and done, the fact that we placed our hope in Jesus, the faith, faith the fact that we placed our hope in the Lord God Almighty, revealed to us perfectly in Jesus, will be proven to be a smart place to put our trust. It will, it will be proven. So ultimately, no one who trusts in God is going to be put to shame. You're going to be, actually, you're going to be proven to be wise because you put your trust in the, uh, the one true God. So no one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come to those who are treacherous without cause. Those people are just treacherous, just, you know, just... Uh, do bad things. Verse 4. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. And yes, yes, yes. Lord, show me your ways. Teach me your paths. Um, the way. It's uh, teach me how you want me to live. The way of life. Teach me your ways, Lord, the ways that you would have me live, the way you would have me behave and think and act and, and react, Lord. Teach me your ways, your righteous ways. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are my God, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. There's a lot of good stuff in here. I mean, God is uh, my Savior. Hmm. I put my hope in you for salvation. It's good to be reminded, too, that uh, every day, man, we don't, don't shift your hope for salvation from God to yourself, that somehow you can save yourself. No. God is our Savior from beginning to end. He's the one who saves us. He's the one who delivers us. He's the one who uh, purchased our salvation, paid the penalty for our sin, and, um, and clothes us, clothes us with a robe of righteousness purchased by his own blood. So he is God our Savior. So we put hope in him all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, verse 6, for they are from old. Hmm. Mercy and love, from, they are from old. What are you saying? That's, they, were, they, were in, they were in God from the beginning. Mercy and love is a part of who God is. The reason there's mercy and love is because mercy and love exudes from 
permeates from our creator who is mercy and love. It's the reason those things even exist. They're from old. Verse 7, do not remember the sins of my youth <laughs> and my rebellious ways. Come on now. Somebody, man, ain't that a true? Lord, please forgive my sins of my youth. I was crazy. <laughs> I didn't have no sense. I didn't have no good sense. I did some things I ain't proud of. I did some things that were foolish. How many of you could say that, man? Remember the sins of my youth, or don't remember the sins of my youth. Forget them. Forgive me for my sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. For the days and the years that I didn't trust you, for the days and the years that I was rebellious and did my own thing, thought I was smarter than everybody, thought I was smarter than everybody, thought I knew everything. You ever, you ever wonder that moment in your life where you realize, man, you know what? I don't know everything. It's a beautiful day when that happens, right? It's a beautiful day when we realize, you know what? I don't know everything. There's a lot of things I don't know. It's usually in your 20s sometime, I think. It's when it hits you, you know? When you turn about 13, 14, you know everything. And you, and you know everything for about 10 years. For about 10 years, you know everything. And then you hit your mid-20s, late-20s, you're like, mm, I don't know nothing. <laughs> Man, I, I don't know nothing. So much I don't know. And then once you realize you don't know anything, you start learning some things. You start really learning some things. It's, it's the things you learn when you, you know, after you know it all, that really, really sticks, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's a life experience. Sometimes it's a failure. Sometimes, you know, you get rock bottom when you realize, you know, I don't know everything. I don't, I, there's a lot I don't know, man. And, um, and the truth is, once you hit like that mid-20s, late-20s age, um, and you realize you don't know it all, it stays with you. <laughs> it stays with you. you really, the rest of your life, you live, if you're wise, the rest of your life you live with a posture of, man, I don't know everything. There's so much I don't know. I don't even know what I don't know. There's the, you know. You know, there's that pro, uh, process of, 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 of knowledge, of learning. It's like there's, there's the phase of, you know, don't even know what you don't know, right? Um, like, don't even know. Like, yeah, you ever, like, uh, like, I don't even enough, uh, know, know enough to ask a good question. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. So then you don't know. There's not, you don't even know what you don't know. Then you come to a place where you know enough to know there's a lot you don't know. Like, you, like I know that I don't know. So that's a little bit better than I don't even know what I don't know. Um, and then, you, you know, you start, start asking some questions and learning and growing. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways according to your love. Remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Man, isn't he? God is good. God is good. Man, we're fickle. We, we crazy. God is good. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. Hmm. <laughs> All of us still waiting for the wisdom to kick in. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, man, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. 
That's because he's good, right? We're, we're, we're sinful and rebellious, but he's good. So what does he do? He instructs us in his ways because he wants us to succeed. He wants us to do well. He wants us to be fruitful and uh, prosper in our lives. So he instructs sinners in his ways. Verse 9, he guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. He guides the humble. Who's the humble? The humble are those who are willing to say, I don't know everything. There's a lot I don't, I need help. That's the humble. He guides the humble in what is right. He'll lead you to what is right if we're humble enough to say, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know, what to, I don't know, I don't know the next step. God, I need you to help. And he will guide the humble in what is right. Maybe some of you today are facing something. You don't know what to do. Have you told God that? Have you told God that? Got on your knees before the Lord and said, Lord, I don't know what to do. Help me. Help me, help me know what to say. Help me know how to proceed. Help me know what to do. I don't know what to do. And uh, he'll show you that just that heart, just that posture. That's what I've discovered. Just that posture of humility. That you, you may pray and pray and pray, and you, there's no like you know light from the sky that gives you all the writing on the wall. Here, do one, two, three, four, five. Sometimes God will show you. This is what I need to do. Got it. But but not always. Often it's not. But what will happen is if we have that posture of humility, God, I just want to do the right thing for Your glory, not for me, not for my ego, not for. I just want to. I just want to do what is right. God will honor that man, even if you stumble, even if you misstep. God will honor that prayer. He will. So it just starts there. I mean, whether it's, whether it's raising kids, how many times do we have to pray that prayer? God, I don't know what to do with this crazy kid of mine. Huh? Man, I don't know what to do with this child. I don't know what to do with him. I don't know what to do with her. They, they, they drive me crazy. What am I going to do? Lord, I need your help. He'll help you. He'll help you. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. Verse 10, all the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful. All of the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful. Wow. Everything he does is loving and faithful. You just let that soak in. All the ways of God are loving and faithful. Even the things that may seem harsh, even the things that may seem um, like punishment or, or, or consequences or even wrath, the wrath of God. Everything God does, all of his ways are loving and faithful. Mm. All of his way, all the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful toward those who keep the, the demands of his covenant. He's going to do what's right towards you, man. You keep the demands of his covenant, keep, stay in relationship with him. He will always do what is loving and faithful towards you. Isn't that good to know? Sometimes we look around in our lives, it doesn't look like it's all that great, but good to know that God's ways towards us are loving and faithful. For the sake of your name, Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. Hmm. My iniquity great is great. But for your name's sake, not for me, not because I'm worthy of, of your forgiveness, not because I'm all that, but for your great name. Make, make, glorify yourself even through my wickedness and my iniquity and my weakness. Verse 12. Who then are those who fear the Lord? Hmm. Everybody on the Bible study podcast, we we fear the Lord. 
who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they, sh they should choose. Wow, let's listen to that. He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. He's going to help you to make the right choices. Those who fear the Lord, he's going to help us make the right choices. It starts with the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Verse 13, they will spend their days in prosperity, and their descendants will inherit the land. Good is going to come to you and, your, and, your, and generations after you. Verse 14, the Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. Yeah. In those moments of prayer and listening to the Lord, he confides, he shares, he reveals things. Yeah. Just like we were saying, you're praying about, God, I don't know what to do, or what should I do? What's going on with this person? I don't understand. They're different. God will confide in you. He will reveal things to you. He'll show you insights that you don't, there's no way you could have known that, but he will reveal it to you. He confides. He reveals his truth through his word, through the Holy Spirit. He confides in you and in me. He confides in a spiritual wisdom and revelation. It's a beautiful thing. He doesn't, he isn't a God who just leaves us to wander around through this earth, but he confides in us. Man, I love it. I love it. Verse 15, my eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. He can save me. Verse 16, turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. <laughs> How many times we feel like that, man? Lord, I am lonely and afflicted. Man, I am afflicted. I look afflicted. I feel afflicted. I'm lonely and afflicted. Do you want the reason you're lonely? Because you're afflicted. They go together. <laughs> oh, man. But at least we, he's recognizing it. Lord, I am lonely and afflicted. I need some help up in here. And so he asks what? Lord, turn. It's the idea of the presence of God, the turning of the Lord is the to, to, uh, to turn his countenance upon um, him. And, and that's the presence of, the God, of God, the favor of God. So wherever the countenance of God is, all the blessings and the presence and the power uh, and the possibilities that exist in the presence of God are there. The, so, Lord, turn towards me. Yeah. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Relieve my troubles of my heart and free me from, the, from anguish. Look on my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. See how numerous are my enemies and how fiercely they hate me. Wow. He's crying out to the Lord for help. He feels like he's, you know, just not a popular person. <laughs> I feel like I'm not a very popular person right now. Lord, help me. Guard my life and rescue me. Don't let me be put to shame. Kind of goes back to that theme again, right? Don't put me, don't let me be put to shame. Let me do the right thing. To my to my dying breath, let me do the right thing. Let me not bring shame upon your name. For I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me. Because my hope, Lord, is in you. Hmm. That's what we that's 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 a uh, that's that's on point right there. May integrity 
and uprightness protect me. You know, integrity and uprightness will protect you. It will. If we can, if we can live with the integrity of the of, of God and the and uprightness, it will protect it will protect us from a lot of things in life. A lot of bad, bad decisions, a lot of bad consequences, a lot of, a lot of heartache, a lot of pain. When we live with integrity and uprightness, it will. It's a shield. Hmm. Verse 22, that last verse of this psalm. Deliver Israel, O God, from all their troubles. Hmm. Nice little prayer for, prayer for the people, right? Lord, deliver us. Deliver your people. A little intercession for others is good, man. Like, not just for me, but for my people. Help us to live all to live upright in you. All right, let's see what C.S. Lewis has to say today before we uh, sign off this morning. October 10th reading, Clinging to Our Own Lives. This is C.S. Lewis. In the first and lowest operation of pain, if, I'm sorry, if, if the first and lowest operation of pain shatters the illusion that all is well, whenever pain hits, you realize, eh, everything ain't all that great. Because sometimes we think, oh, everything is great. Life is wonderful. Pain hits. You're like, okay, uh, scratch that. Things ain't all that great. So if it does that, first, the first thing that pain does is, sh is shatter the illusion that all is well. The second shatters the illusion that what we have, whether good or bad in itself, is our own and enough for us. Hmm. What I have is enough, and it's our own, and that's all, that's all that matters. Everyone has noticed how hard it is to turn our, our thoughts to God when everything is going well with us. Whenever you say, when you're on the mountaintop, it's so hard to turn your thoughts to God because you know you're so excited. You, you're feeling, you're feeling, you're feeling yourself. You're like, oh, I got all this. I did all this. You look at me. Uh, this is awesome. Aren't, aren't I great? It's hard to turn your eyes to God when you're winning, when you're just succeeding and everything's going well. We quote, "Have all we want." End quote. It's a terrible saying when all does not include God. Ooh. I got all I need. I got all I want. Everything I, I got all I want. He says it's a terrible thing to say if all we want, if all does not include God. We find God an interruption. As St. Augustine says somewhere, God wants to give us something but cannot because our hands are full. There's nowhere for him to put it. Mm. We think we got it all. We, we cling into what we have. God wants to give us more. He wants to give us more of himself. He wants to give us something else, but he can't give it to us. Why? Because our hands are clenched with all the stuff we already have. Or as a friend of mine said, we regard God as an airman regards his parachute. It's there for emergencies, but he hopes he'll never have to use it. <laughs> oh, man, that's pretty funny right there. <laughs> Uh, that's it's true though. That's how most people approach God. Like God's there. Like yeah, I got this thing with God. You know, me and God, we cool, we cool. I'm in. I, I treat God feel kind of like a parachute. Like I hope you know He's there, but I hope I never have to use it. <laughs> never have to actually rely on God. Like right. Like I I'm, I totally rely on God. Which we mean by that we mean He's like a parachute. I hope I never really have to totally rely on God, but it's there if I need it. Mm. 
Now God, who has made us, knows that knows what we are and that our happiness lies in him. Yet we will not seek it in him as long as he leaves us any other resort where it can be plausibly looked for, right? So if we, you know, God knows that he, we're the, we need him to ultimately be fulfilled. But as long as we can maybe hopefully somehow find peace and hope and joy somewhere else, we're going to go after those things. God will be a last resort for most people. While what we call, quote, our own life, end quote, remains agreeable, we will not surrender it to him. While what we call our own life remains agreeable, so as long as our life is, you know, agreeable, um, as long as my life is agreeable, I'm probably not going to call on him. I'm not, probably not going to surrender to him. What then can do, what God, what then can God do in our interest, but make our own life less agreeable to us? and take away the plausible source of false happiness. Whoa. What's he saying? He's saying, you know, as long as we think, you know, we got it all together and, um, you know, my life is all good and uh, this, you know, I got all I need, but all doesn't include God. The only way God can sometimes break through to us to show us uh, that what we have is a false happiness because he's not in it is to is to allow a little bit of pain in our lives to make our lives a, a little bit less agreeable. <laughs> I need to make your life a little less agreeable so you can see that you need me. You need me. You need the Lord. Um, pain has a way of you know drawing our focus to God, and um, and that's part of the purpose of pain. That God uses pain to draw our attention. Uh, to him, if we'll allow it. Yeah. All right, you guys, thanks for being on today. Hey, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. May you uh, strengthen and encourage us today. Lord, we humble ourselves. We surrender ourselves to you. And we pray that our lives would be guarded by integrity and uprightness. Not only today, not only this week, but the rest of our lives. Lord, we recognize that we don't know it all. There's so much we don't know. So teach us, instruct us. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.